your feet. Thank you for being with us this Sunday morning. Uh, let's all stand and sing. Brother, you come lead us. Brother Ken, uh, we're glad you're here today. Let's make a joyful noise. Brother Ken. and we'll get going. Amen. <laughs> I'm looking at Rick. He's looking at me. I got it, brother. It's all my fault. Amen. <laughs> page number 333, I'll fly away. We'll do all three verses this morning. Page 333. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to Appreciate your presence today. We're going to open up in prayer. Josh is going to lead us. Let me give you two quick prayer requests. Continue to pray for Sister Wendy Glenn. We put out on our call system. She had an emergency appendectomy earlier this week, but she's home doing well. Uh, I shared downstairs, you'll get a kick out of this, at the golf tournament yesterday. I asked her son uh, how, how, how mom was doing. He looked at me and said, well, she's fussing at me again. She's good. Amen. So just like a good teenage mother, so pray for Wendy as she continues to recuperate. And pray for our teens that will be heading out tomorrow. There's nearly 2,000 teenagers that will be at the Arise Teen Conference with Brother C.T. And we're asking God to pour down his presence upon us and bless those young folks. Josh, you take us to the throne room of grace. Let's join Josh together this morning. Brother Josh. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Lord, we don't take it for granted. Lord, it's because of you that we have the freedom, Lord, to stand here today and just to worship you. Lord, we just thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us each and every day. Lord, I just thank you for this church and what it means to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the teens this week, Lord, as we go to Tennessee. Lord, I pray that you'll just let your presence be known throughout the whole week, Lord. And Lord, I pray that some lost souls can come to know you before it's too late. 
Lord, I pray that you'll be with the services here this morning. God, I pray that you'll be with Brother Greg as he brings us a message. Lord, I pray that you'll use the song service, Lord, this morning to prepare our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'll open each and every heart and mind, Lord, that we can be receptive of the word that you have for us. Lord, I pray that it can change our lives today, God. Lord, I pray that you'll just once again touch Brother Greg and touch the choir as we sing, Lord. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Love this old, old song. This is one of the first songs we taught at Amazing Grace uh, many, many years ago. I hope it will bless your heart. You listen as Miss Renee sings.
Today I faced a mountain Once again it seemed so tall I tried to climb But it seemed I'd surely fall So I knelt, called on Jesus Just as always 
Thank you so much, choir. What a great number here this Sunday morning. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Lord bless you for your faithfulness today. Let me give you some quick announcements, uh, if I can. Uh, just a reminder, if you would, please, uh, that right after the services today, I need to meet with the teens uh, and their parents and the young adults, whoever's going with us uh, uh, for teen conference tomorrow. Need to meet with you right after services over here on the piano side. Just want to give you some uh, final tidbits of information, let you know about some important things. We will be heading out in the morning at 730. Uh, so I know that's early on a school day during the summer. Good golly, Miss Molly. I saw 2017's eyes just drop. Y'all will be sleeping the whole way. Just, just be clear. So, uh, but we'll be leaving at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, uh, make sure you're here uh, and ready to pull out. That doesn't mean get here at 7.30. That means bags loaded, ready to pull out of the parking lot at 7.30. We got a five-hour drive, and uh, we want to stop for lunch on route, so keep that in mind if you would. And then, as we've said, uh, at the, uh, we will also be collecting a special offering today that's going to help uh, with uh, evening meals. Uh, breakfast is included. They're paying for their lunch each day. Uh, and then uh, this offering that we'll collect in just a bit will be helping the evening meals uh, supper for those who so keep that in mind, if you would. Thank you for your Operation Christmas Child quarter boxes or quarter bottles you've been collecting. Continue to collect those when you're full. Drop it in the offering plate get you another one, and that's going to help us out. I'll jump down to the end of the bulletin down at the bottom and let you know that, as we always do during the month of July, we will be having Operation Christmas Child in July. We will have for you the items that we need to collect during the month of July, and this will help us meet our goal of sending out 200 shoeboxes uh, in November as part of Operation Christmas Child. You certainly, when the time comes, will have shoeboxes for families that want to do individual boxes, but this is an opportunity for us to do several uh, from our church, and that's what you're collecting these for. That's for the shipment that'll be sending those out, so help us out with that if you would. If you haven't signed up for the uh, Women's Mountain Retreat, two announcements. You need to sign up today, and you also uh, need to pay today for the tickets or money is due today, $55. Make that out to the church. The church will send one check. Uh, see Sister Billy uh, for further information on that. Uh, uh, help us out with that if you would. If you haven't signed up for our end-of-the-year Christmas production, please get your name. Thank you for those that did sign up. We got quite a list already, so we do appreciate that so very much. And then I want to say a big, big, big thank you to everybody who helped out yesterday uh, with a golf tournament, uh, those that secured sponsors for us, those that participated, all the volunteers. Uh, we had an eminently successful tournament, and uh, the teenagers and young adults that participated, that helped offset some, uh, in some cases, all of their costs associated if they went out and secured whole sponsors. Uh, they were able to pay for most of their conference, and we sure appreciate that. I had the great opportunity yesterday of driving around on the golf cart and watching people play. That's the extent of my golf game. And uh, every, uh, every time I would come up to a foursome, uh, most of them would say, Preacher, it's okay. Go ahead and pass. Uh, and then uh, I'd say, No, I'm a terrible golfer, and I'm here to see how it's done. Um, and then I went to the next one. I'll just leave it there. Amen. But I had a great time yesterday, and I appreciate everybody, especially Brother Ken and Miss Susan, for orchestrating such a great event. And we'll sure do it again next year as a way of helping offset those teen conferences. All right. Uh, let me get all the little ones. If you would come on up here. Uh, Nick, if you'll help me out with this. All those heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, uh, come on around this morning. Uh, They're going to collect any loose change you got. Uh, this helps pay for our children's and women's programming here. Uh, we call this our penny march. Take off young folks
morning. Everybody heading Children's Church, Junior Church. Come on, make your way this morning. this morning. While they're coming, I want to give you a special prayer request. I want you to pray for Sister Rachel Perry. Rachel goes tomorrow. Uh, she shared that we could announce it. She goes tomorrow to Roanoke for a lung biopsy. She was sharing a little bit last week that they found something. So we're going to pray that it's not cancer uh, and that God's uh, perfect will would be done. You pray for You'll be there for a couple days, Miss Rachel. Is that right? Up in Roanoke. So pray for Rachel if you would. Let's join together as we rally around this. Lord, bless the offering today. Ladies, you come get ready to sing. Lord, bless the offering today. May it be what you'd have it to be. Lord, I pray especially for Sister Perry tomorrow. God, as she goes uh, for this lung biopsy, I pray that there would be no problems. And Lord, even if there are, we're going to put it in your hands knowing that you can cure divinely. You can do all things well. You've shown us, even in our own congregation, how cancer is no problem for you, whatever it may be. Lord, I pray that you would take care of it and that your perfect and divine will would be done for the others in our congregation who are battling cancer. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them, bless our, our offering and our preaching time to come. In Christ's name, amen. Many blessings. Uh, Forty-five years ago today, uh, this year, Amy, Debbie, and I were saved. Amen. Let's see. I read, are you forty-five? Yeah, you were three, right, Debbie, when that happened, yeah, right? That's right. Where's Nadine? She was there. Okay, I just want to thank you, Lord, for what He's done for us. Uh, I heard uh, preacher say this morning before he got saved he used to get up every morning saying oh lord it's Monday it's morning again he said after I got saved I got up and said good morning lord yeah. <laughs> said it changed his attitude so this song is entitled then you'll be glad you know when we stand before Jesus you're going to really be glad Amen. that we serve the lord ready when we travel our last mile, when he says, come in, my child, then we'll be glad we live for him. When the book is open wide and he says, come in inside, then we'll be glad we live for him. Then we'll be glad we live Jesus, one endless day of perfect joy, then we'll be glad we live for Jesus, singing and shouting and praising his name, standing in his presence will never be the same, then we'll be glad we live for him. Now when we walk on streets of gold, where we'll never, never grow old, then we'll be glad we live for him. When we kneel down at his feet, there with loved ones we will meet, then we'll be glad we live for him. Yes, we'll be glad we live for Jesus, 
One endless day, One endless day of perfect joy. Then we'll be glad, glad we live for Jesus. Singing and a shouting and a praising his name. Standing in his presence will never be the same. Then we'll be glad we live for him. Yes, we'll be glad we live for Jesus. One endless day. Shouting and praising his name Standing in his presence will never be the same Then we'll be glad we live for him Yes, we'll be glad we live for him As we stand at the door of fellowship song, just want to send out a reminder of the uh, birthday celebration we'll be doing this evening after the evening services for our pastor. I put out a message the other day, and somebody had asked, said, did he say we're having ice cream sandwiches? We're having ice cream and sandwiches. Having ice cream and sandwiches after the service tonight. So please come on out. we got plenty of ice cream. We'll have plenty of sandwiches to go along with it. So come out and have a good time of fellowship as we celebrate our pastor's birthday. This is the only way I could endure all this orange and blue up here today. I've done it for him because he endured all that Tar Heel stuff the other week. <laughs> page number 46 this morning in your red songbook. Page 46, I'd rather be an old-time Christian. We'll sing the first verse, have a time of fellowship. Page 46. In this world I've tried most everything And I'm happy now to say There is nothing like religion In the good old-fashioned way I am walking in the old-time way And I want the world to know That I'd rather be an old-time Christian Than anything I know I'd rather be an old-time Christian and anything I know There is nothing like an old-time Christian With a Christian love to show I'm walking in the grand old highway And I'm telling everywhere I go That I'd rather be an old-time Christian Than anything I know Amen. Fellowship a while.
Thank you so much. Appreciate that. I tell my wife and Miss Lisa all the time, if they don't stop playing, then it'll be 2 o'clock and we'll still be fellowshipping. <laughs> all right, we're going to collect our special offering now. And, uh, fellas, if you'll make your way down one more time, I so appreciate everyone's generosity. We've got a great group of folks going. Uh, and uh, the evening meal for the first time is not included. And I did not want to up their costs this year. So uh, if you can help us out with that, I've already given uh, online. And if you would like to use our online platform, you just need to click on uh, Youth, and your offering will go in that capacity if you want to use the online system. Let's pray. Lord, bless the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless the gift and the giver now in Christ's name. Amen. Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4. Two places this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul, the author to both, writing to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians 15, and then writing to the church of Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll encourage you to keep your Bibles open today. Lord willing, we will look at a few other passages. We're going to talk about the next great event on the eschatological time schedule. That just means the next great prophetic event that's about to happen before us. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, if you would. We'll begin in verse number 51. If you found your place, say amen. Behold, I show you a mystery, Paul writes. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I'll pause a moment just to let you know that when Paul uses these first-person pronouns, we, He's talking about the fact those who are part of the Corinthian church that are saved. He doesn't mean everybody regardless of their belief. But he's referencing those that are gloriously born again. So again, when he says, behold, I show you a mystery. We, the saved, shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Verse 52, in a moment, the twinkling of an eye, the last trump. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Verse 53, for the corruptible must put on incorruption, mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. A quick bit of background. Paul has spent approximately two years in the church of Thessalonica. He has established growing ministries there in what we would think of as home churches, house churches. From there, he moves on to Corinth or to Ephesus. While he's there, he receives a letter from the Thessalonians. You see, Paul, while he was there in Thessalonica, had talked about an event and they had some questions. So they asked some specific things that they needed Paul to address, namely the fact that some in their congregation had passed away. Their questions were reiterated to Paul, and his letter, 1 Thessalonians, is his response to that letter. He writes in chapter 4, verse number 13. He says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. The same term he used in 1 Corinthians 15. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Boy, look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And notice that Paul again uses those same pronouns. He says, Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I think knowing that these words would be utilized at so many home-going services as a way of giving comfort to families who are burying saved loved ones. The Holy Ghost inspired Paul to write, Wherefore, that means because of this, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Lord, thank you for these two passages. Lord, thank you 
for the simple reality that one day, and I believe very soon, you're coming back to get the bride of Christ. Lord, thank you for this reality today. Lord, I'm to the point in my life where I think like John when he said, Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Lord, in the meantime, we've got work to do. So, Lord, as we look at this simple outline today that I believe you've laid upon our hearts, give us power to preach it. Lord, at the same time, may it be the agent of conviction to draw the lost to Jesus Christ and draw us all closer to you as we continue to fight the good fight of faith. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Three preachers. Baptist preachers had gone to a conference together, rooming together, eating together. Three-day conference, they were enjoying the fellowship one with another. During one of the evening services on the second night, all three came under conviction. On the third night, uh, the preacher preached about having an accountability partner, someone that will hold you accountable for the choices that you make. So as these three preachers came back to the hotel room, one of them looked at the other and said, Fellas, uh, that really convicted me tonight. I'd like for the two of you to be my accountability partners. The other two agreed. What a grand idea. And so they said, Let's just openly confess right now the things that we struggle with so we can hold each other accountable. They all agreed that it was a good idea. The first one said, I, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I struggle with gambling. Every time I go away, I look for a casino, cha-ching, cha-ching. Other two raised their eyes and said, my goodness, we will certainly hold you accountable. Second one said, I have to be honest, I, I, I struggle with laziness. I don't ever study. I just steal and borrow sermons from other people. I never crack a book. The other two said, mm, we'll hold you accountable. Third one said, fellas, I hate to say this, it embarrasses me to death, but I, 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 I struggle with gossip. And man, I can't wait till I get back home. Amen. The verses that we've looked at this morning describe a doctrine who is never mentioned, which is never mentioned by name in Scripture but is rather discussed in three different passages. It is the doctrine that we refer to as the rapture of the church. I need to pause a moment and say to you that the Lord describes two different comings of Jesus Christ in the future. Sometimes people will marry these two. The first one, described in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4, and Revelation 4, we call the rapture of the church. It's that doctrine that we're going to look at this morning. It is only for the bride of Christ. Only those who are born again will experience it. And most scholars will back me up on this. The things that we rejoice and celebrate, the voice of the archangel, the shout of God, the trumpet, those are things that only the ear of the bride of Christ will get to hear. Everyone else will be left wondering what's happened. 
Then in Revelation chapter 19, there is another return of Christ. We actually refer to that usually as the second coming of Christ. When he comes back on a white stallion, royal diadem, Lord of lords, king of kings. And Paul says at that point, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That second coming happens at the end of the tribulation period. What I want to talk about right now is what is God's final prophetic event. How do you know, preacher? Well, God does not. You understand he says that this uh, return will be like a thief in the night. Would you amen me that a thief does not send forth warning signals? He doesn't teleport ahead. He doesn't telegraph ahead telling you when he's going to show up. But rather he comes at a moment when you think not. So we have to be very careful when we start talking about the signs of the times. Because in reality, the signs of the times are actually referencing what it's going to be like when the Lord comes back at the end of the tribulation period, according to Revelation 19. However, he does give us some clues. He tells us that the last thing that has to happen is the reblooming of the fig tree, prophetically. Those of you who are into eschatology and into the year, into the world times, you understand that the blooming of the fig tree is the nation of Israel. You've seen your saints. Some of you may remember this, or even some of the younger ones. Uh, Israel became a nation when? 1948. That event was the final thing that had to happen before the Lord Jesus came back for the bride of Christ. You say, wait a minute, preacher. That's been 60 years now. Where is he if he's really coming? May I remind you that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. 60 years is a blip on God's radar. So I'm going to talk to you tonight, or this morning, about these passages. But I want to look specifically at a theme that permeates all three of them. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4. And Revelation uh, chapter 4, I'll read it quickly. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice, which is, I heard as if it were a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither. In all three of these passages that reference what we call the rapture, there is the mention of a trumpet. A, an instrument that it was of extreme importance biblically. And in Roman society, that word trumpet is the common theme that permeates all three of the passages that reference the rapture. Now, when the New Testament writers talked about a trumpet, the audience, the social society of the day, they understood the implications. But some 2,000 years later, when we're reading about it, some of that no longer permeates our society. So let me give it to you quickly. In the Bible, trumpets were used for four specific purposes. I won't give you the passages. If you want them, I'll give them to you later, but you can go look every one of these up. Number one, if there was a victory, a, a trumpet was used to proclaim a victory. When a battle was won, trumpets would be sounded in order to proclaim victory. Trumpets would also be sounded to bring an assembly together. When it was time, there was no microphone or megaphone system, of course. And so in order to bring an assembly together, a trumpet would be sounded. Third, if an enemy battle was coming, an enemy was waging war upon, and the battlers could see off in the distance that someone was coming, a trumpet would be sounded as a warning cry. And then number four, 
in order to call the troops to battle, in order to let them know of not only the warning, uh, but the fact that we're going to retaliate, uh, a trumpet would be called uh, for the troops to come to battle. That's biblically. Now let me give you Romans. Because you must remember that Roman society was in charge uh, during Paul's day, during Christ's day. The Roman government ruled all of the known society. Get ready, here's the good stuff. Three times a trumpet would be sounded in Roman society. Number one, it would be sounded to tell the troops to strike up their tents and get ready to move. Number two, the second trumpet would be sounded to alert them to tell them it's time to fall out and get into battle. Line up, fall in for the battle. And the third trump, which was referred to as the last trump, would be used to signal when it was time to move out and leave the premises. So when Paul told this society that it was the last trump, they understood that the last trump meant it was time to head out of here. It was time to move out. My father-in-law likes to say this all the time. It's one of my favorite sayings of his. At the last trump, he going to toot and we going to scoot. Amen. So I want to give you a message this morning that I'm simply entitling at the sound of the trumpet. At the sound of the trumpet. A couple of things that those of us that are gloriously born again will experience at the sound of the trumpet. Number one, our Lord will return. Can we pause a moment and say amen? Our Lord will return. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Before the Lord Jesus went to the cross, he promised his disciples that he would return for them. He later said, I come quickly. And even as he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, the angels came down and said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken from you into the heavens, shall so come in like manner. You've seen him go into heaven. You say, Pastor, 2,000 years, and he's not come back. I believe that Paul thought he would experience the visible rapture of the church, the visible return of the Lord. Why? Because in talking about it, he said, we which are alive and remain. Paul thought he would get to see it. Subsequent generations thought they would get to see it. My pastor, when I was growing up, Brother Thomas Hardy used to say all the time that he believed with all of his heart that he would get to experience the rapture. And look at me, none of those were correct. Paul didn't get to experience it. Subsequent generations did not experience it. My pastor did not experience it. Uh, but would you listen? That don't mean he ain't coming back. See, I want you to get a hold of this, folks. Uh, we tend to think in man's time frame. We tend to think on man's schedule. If, listen now, if one day with the Lord is as a thousand years... And a thousand years is as one day. He's been gone for 2,000 years. That's how many days. And on the third day, we're getting out of here. 
on the third day there'll be a resurrection. It is no accident that on the third day Jesus was resurrected and it is no accident that as Kyle wrote, we'll have a glorious third day because at the sound of the trumpet it'll be our third day. The Lord will return. But not only will we get to see the return of the Lord, I want you to also understand that at the sound of the trumpet, departed saints will be resurrected. Departed saints will be resurrected. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want to ask you a very pertinent question. How many of you this morning, actually I do want you to raise your hand. How many of you this morning have had to bury a loved one that you know was saved? Look all over the building. Most everybody has raised their hands. Lots of questions get asked naturally regarding these events. Let me give you two quick thoughts about it. You see, I want you to understand regarding these departed saints, your spouse, your parents, your children, your friends, your siblings, your loved ones, I want you to understand, first of all, their present condition. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Now, I got to pause a moment, because you will hear some people say that describes the fact that they are soul asleep. I beg to differ. Scripture never talks about soul sleep. Rather, Scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You'll never convince me uh, that Scripture shows anything other than the fact uh, that the moment a saved person closes their eyes in death, uh, they, they step over the River Jordan uh, into the glorious promised land uh, where not only their where not only their loved ones there to greet them, but their King of kings and Lord of lords is standing on the other side saying, Welcome home, my child. Well done. They're not soul asleep. I think what Scripture teaches, and most scholars will agree with me on this, that in fact what happens is this body gets placed in the ground, and I don't want to be unkind. I've buried my own mother, uh, that we place this body in the ground, and the physical flesh deteriorates. You know that. The body returns from the dust from which it was created. So what does that mean? Will you understand that if they're absent from the body, present from the Lord, that their present condition is simply this. They're on the other side. Their soul is very much alive. And they're waiting for the reunification of that soul with that glorified body. When does that happen? When we go from their present condition to their promised completion. You see, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that when this resurrection happens, these bodies will be raised incorruptible. That this mortal must put on immortality. Would you amen me, folks? Our bodies corrupt 
daily. Our bodies, the longer we live, every one of you that have gotten any years on you, you know this, the longer you live, the more difficult this body becomes. You see, I've been dieting for three weeks. I know all about corruption. Amen. When I was 25 years old, I could stop drinking sodas and drop 25 pounds. It's different now. I hadn't put a bite of food in my mouth that was worth eating in the last three weeks, and I watched the scale move six ounces. In fact, I have to tell you, I just come plump part near mad before church this morning. Because I stand on the scales once a week, and I've decided it don't need to be before a Sunday morning preaching. Because it's not putting this Baptist preacher in a happy mood when I see that scale keep going. It's starting to say one at a time. This, don't y'all look so crazy at me. I ain't blind. <laughs> Hell, man. Hell, man. Misery loves company. Somebody amen me. <laughs> I still have friends that I work with and even friends who attend here like, I just forgot to eat today. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> you see, this body is corruptible, folks. The older we get, the more corrupt it becomes. That's the reason as we age that our body begins to work harder and harder to do the very basic functions. Things that were easy 25 years ago are very difficult today. My father said, and I don't think he's, he's with a friend of traveling. I don't think he'd mind me saying this. Uh, but he says, uh, since he turned 70, uh, nothing, every, he says, everything hurts. And what doesn't hurt just doesn't work. Amen. <laughs> yeah, this body, we're praying now, ain't we? Amen. Yeah, this body is corruptible. But look at me, at the sound of the trumpet. At the amen. Scripture says the dead in Christ shall rise first to meet the Lord in the air. Scholars are in universal agreement about this. Uh, that means uh, because we are meeting the Lord and meeting our loved ones, uh, that those who have departed, uh, the soul uh, which is in the presence of the Lord, uh, when the Lord comes down, uh, the soul comes with it. Uh, the body uh, rises out of the grave, uh, and a glorified body uh, meets a glorified soul, uh, and there's no more cancer. There's no more cancer. Uh, there's no more doctor's visits. Uh, there's no more drugs. Uh, there's no more medicine. Uh, there's no more pain. Uh, there's no more funeral homes. Uh, there's no more burials. Uh, there's no more tears. Why? Uh, because this body shall be raised incorruptible. Preacher, I don't understand it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand it all either. But I think it has something to do with the shout of God. At Lazarus' tomb... Jesus shouted, and a dead man got up. On the cross, Jesus shouted, it is finished, and dead burst out of their graves. So I don't have any challenge at all understanding or believing the fact that if there is a shout from the heavens, that the dead in Christ shall rise first. The sound of the trumpet. Our Lord will have returned. Number two, the departed saints will be resurrected. Number three, the living saints 
will be raptured. The living saints will be raptured. The word rapture is not a word that you'll find anywhere in your scripture. In fact, it is an English translation of the Latin word harpazo, which literally means to be caught up or snatched away. It was a word that our King James translators correctly translated, created a new word that we call rapture. You say, preacher, if it's not in the Bible, if the word's not in the Bible, how can you believe it? Let me let you in on a surprise. The word Trinity is not in the Bible either. But do you believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost? The word is ours, but the doctrine is God's. And here's the part I like. Preacher, how long will this take? How long will it take for all of this to happen? The scripture's pretty clear that's going to be mighty quick going to be mighty quick. In fact, the words uh, that Paul uses, I love it. Uh, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, in a moment, a moment, a moment is correctly defined as an indivisible point in time. The shortest imaginable part of time. A time span that is so short, there is nothing shorter. And then he goes on even further. He says, in the twinkling of an eye. I hear people incorrectly say all the time, in the blink of an eye. Honey, a blink is far too long. A blink is defined by scientists as taking a one-tenth to one-fifteenth of a second. A twinkle is one one-thousandth of a second. So at the sound of the trumpet, we're gone. Let me say that again. At the sound of the trumpet, There's not going to be a time for folks to say, hold on, I'm not quite ready. There's not going to be time for folks to say, let me go check on my family. There's not going to be time for folks to say, I need to get a few things right now. In a moment, boop, done, gone, out of here. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, living saints will be raptured. Interestingly, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, Paul uses the term caught up. Caught up. Which literally means to snatch away with force into another realm. The best example that I can give you happened when I was a 10th grader studying chemistry at high school. Truly, I was raised in church all of my life. And I understood the doctrine of the rapture. I understood in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, but can I tell you how it registered with me? That I hope it will make sense for you. We were doing some experiments in chemistry, as often happens. And on this particular day, we were experimenting with magnetism. And in each one of the tables, the instructor had provided a very large horseshoe size magnet. Everybody with me? Large horseshoe-sized magnet. He had also put at everybody's table uh, several handouts, uh, and he had placed in the middle of the table a bunch of paper clips. When it was time 
to turn in the magnet, most of us were stunned to find that the paper clips were attached to the bottom. Why? What happened? Because in the process of doing our magnetism experiment, uh, paper clips were sucked right up. Nobody saw it. Nobody knew about it. In fact, that was part of his lesson design. At the end, he said, now give me all the paper clips. And everyone looked down at the tables and said, where are they? He said, flip the magnet over. They were snatched up. They were caught up. Most of us did not even see it happen. I submit to you, that is exactly what the rapture is going to be like. God's going to deliver, if you will, a shout, the trump, the voice of God. And in an instant, those of us who know the Lord will be magnetized and we will be out of here. And everybody else will be left to stand back and say, what happened? Number one, our Lord will have returned. Number two, departed saints will be resurrected. Number three, living saints will be raptured. And here's the best part. Number four, everybody who knows the Lord will be reunited. Everybody who knows the Lord will be reunited. Who will be there? Who will be there? Number one, our saved loved ones. How many of you have buried a saved parent? Keep your hand up. Look at me. They'll be there. How many of you have buried a saved sibling? Look at me. How many of you have buried a saved spouse? They'll be there. This is the hardest one for me to even say. How many have had to bury a saved child? They'll be there. They'll be there. I'm going to be honest with you. The first six months after my mother passed were easier than the last year. Now what I find all the time happening are things that she enjoyed kind of stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> Silly things. Crazy things. If you were at my mother's home going, you heard me say that one of the great days of her life was when she got to meet Loretta Lynn and tell her she too was proud to be a coal miner's daughter. She was redneck from the red up. <laughs> We're driving to church three weeks ago. We've got on the gospel station. And Lord, if they don't play Loretta Lynn singing Precious Memories. By the time we pull in the parking lot, I'm going. <laughs> but you know what comforts me? She'll be there. <clears throat> and it won't be anything like we experienced the last six months of her life won't be anything like we endured. Why? Because that incorruptible body will meet that perfect soul. Amen. But it gets even better. 
not only will they be there, not only will we have a reunion with our loved ones, but we'll have a reunion with our Lord. We'll have a reunion with our Lord. Come on, Brother Ken. Get ready for that song I told you. Thessalonians is so, so, so simple. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remained shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I gave Brother Ken the song that I wanted him to sing for invitation. And I'm going to ask you two simple questions. Right now you can keep your eyes open. I want to ask you number one, most importantly. Are you ready? Are you ready? We've been talking about we will meet the Lord. We will meet the loved ones. But here's the simple reality. That includes you only if you're part of the bride of Christ. Only if you've ever been saved. So now I want you to bow your heads. Now there are folks who've already started moving and you can slip up to this altar at any time. But is there anyone in the building that would just be honest and say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm ready. Don't know for 100% that heaven will be my home. And I don't want to be left behind when the Lord comes. Pray for me. Is there anyone like that? I appreciate that honesty. Thank you so much. Can I tell you, my friend, that Jesus loves you so much that he went to an old rugged cross to die for your sins. Knowing that you're ready is so simple, and I sure wish you'd step out right now and let me take somebody and show you how you can walk out of here knowing for 100% sure. You don't have to wish. You don't have to hope. You can know that you're ready at the sound of the trumpet. One more question. Pastor, I'm ready, but I got somebody I love dearly that I don't know that they are. I want to be the instrument of their salvation. I'm seeing hands go. I tell you what, don't even raise your hand. Won't you just step out? Come on. Come on. All over the building. Folks are coming from all directions. Folks are coming from every side of the aisle. Amen. Come on. All over the building. Folks are coming. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You that raised your hand that said you weren't ready, I implore you if you'll step out right now, we can take care of that in this second. Brother Ken, sing for us. I sure like this song. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace for
out of here. Lord, I don't know what tune the trumpet may sound, but I can't help but think that maybe it says something like, here comes the bride. Lord, until then, we've got work to do. We've got family members. We got friends. We got loved ones who are not going to be ready. We're going to be left behind. Lord, so as the hymn says that we sing, we'll work till Jesus comes, and then we'll be gathered home. Thank you for your presence today. Bless us as we depart, as we meet again tonight, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Don't forget to need to meet parents quickly. Uh, five minutes up here at the front on the right-hand side, uh, piano side.